0: skeptical about custom beauty honestly y'all I totally get it my feed is flooded with customized this and personalized that all promising you know to fix all of our beauty hair and skin problems truthfully I was so skeptical when I saw this brand but I'm a total believer now when pro says custom they actually mean it their products are no gimmicks and your formula couldn't exist without you they asked like
1: Yeah.
0: and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Pros.com slash just break up.
1: Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com.
0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like when pain turns to pity, dating multiple people, and the gray areas of sex. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're doing.
0: Totally not professionals. No. Today, (laughs) right before coming over to (laughs) the studio, I made like a last minute tuna fish sandwich really fast. Yeah. And I like was squeezing the tuna water out of the tuna jar. (laughs)
1: Never want to hear the phrase tuna water (laughs) ever again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And um, I like, I don't know how I did this, but I like splooged it all over splooged my...
1: Splooched it? What's
0: a better... <laughs> is that is that the only use of that
1: word? I think so, yeah.
0: God damn it. Because <laughs> I'm thinking it's like a typical like verb.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you splooched your tuna juice all over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I sure did. I sure did, sir. Um and I had to change last minute but like it like I feel like I still smell like tuna.
1: Yeah. I mean once you get the tuna water on you. It's it's, it's, a, just le- there. it's a it's yeah.
0: a forever thing. It's like
1: the strongest perfume you've ever experienced. Yeah, I
0: can't no, no hot tar. Can't peel this <laughs> off of me right now. Anyway, Anyway. (laughs) obviously, totally not professionals. Don't know what we're talking about. Smell like tuna. And uh, this is all to say. uh, Please take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. That's right. Welcome to episode fucking 40. Dropping an F bomb and some tuna juice (laughs) in the first 20 (laughs) seconds of the episode. Amazing. Yes, this is why networks won't take us on because yeah. <laughs> we're wildly inappropriate. This
1: is why no we're... one will respond to our emails. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we're inappropriate, vulgar, uh-huh. yep. and unprofessional. They're like, "Uh, we listened to the first thirty seconds of your podcast, and we cannot endorse a single thing that you said."
2: <laughs> uh.
0: Anyway, um, but that my friends on Facebook, Ken, our Facebook private group, our yeah. just breakup group, is like totally doubled since the last time I talked about it on the episode. So I want to shout out our new Facebook friends and tell everybody else that if you want to be a part of our cool secret society (laughs) on Facebook.
1: Turns out that this podcast is all just a ruse to get you all to join our cult.
0: Yes, exactly. Where
1: we are the leaders of it. Yeah. JBU cult. Yep.
0: And, um... Instead of like making weird ritual sacrifices, we ask you to like I don't know, um, raise your standards <laughs> and maybe A wreck like some boundaries. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, sacrifice what you thought that person was. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, for sure. Also, have you listened to the podcast about Nexium? The no. The the like weird sex cult with <gasps> the girl from Smallville and. But the thing is, is that like the stuff that they talk about that in the beginning, like, when like you're just—it sounds just like. Oh us. my god, that's
0: terrifying! What's the podcast called?
1: Uh, it's called Escaping Nexium.
0: Okay, I'm gonna immediately start listening to it when we stop recording.
1: Yeah, no, it's really good.
0: Uh, just to take notes, you yeah. know, to, to, to tell <laughs> Should have saved followers. that for
1: my fucking blind date. Yeah,
0: yeah, good job. <laughs> Double blind date. Okay, um, so j- join our Facebook group. Yeah, it's like just break up group or s- private group or something like that. I don't cool. remember the title.
1: And it's just private so that we can control like who, like if there's a bad person on there, we can kick them out. Right. Yeah.
0: Even though all bad people are on a journey. But it's
1: not like you have to like perform some sort of ritual to get <laughs> invited to it. You just have to you just ask have for to it say, and Sierra uh, goes, yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nope. That's it. It's like one click of the button. Um. So, okay. For the check-in topic today, uh, I have three check-ins. <laughs>
1: Spoiler. I love it when you like spring things I on me. I only told while you about
0: <laughs> The first thing is um we want to thank everybody who's been sending us letters. Yeah. Um we've had just like a constant influx of Letters asking for advice since we started this podcast back in July of 2018. And we want you all to know that we read every single letter um, and we're so grateful for your vulnerability and the articulation of your truth Mm -hmm. um, and putting your question out there in the universe. And we try to answer as many as possible. Um, But we keep in mind things like repetitive topics or immediacy or, you know, um, just what really Strikes us. So uh, if we don't choose your letter, um, we just want to say um, like a genuine, like, I'm sorry we can't get to everyone. Yep. Oops, I just dropped my iPhone. It's fine. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> um, a genuine wish that we could get to everyone, but we just can't. Yep. Um, and... Uh, we're really grateful anyway, and we want you to know that we read your letters um, and also that there's a little bit of a wait time. I think yeah. some people assume that once they submit their letters, they'll be in the next handful of episodes. Mm-hmm. It can, um, I think we're running about a month and a half behind right now. So Probably. if you submit your letter, then you're going to have to wait a, a chunk of time. And... I want to apologize for that because I want to apologize for literally anything that makes anyone else uncomfortable, (laughs) but that's just the best we can do. That's just the reality. Um, And so we're really grateful for your submissions and your patience and your support. If you want a greater chance of getting your letter answered, you can always support us on Patreon because we answer our um, letters on our extra episodes a month or I mean a week Mm -hmm. there. And that kind of raises your chances because there's less letters submitted. Yep. Um, but we can, we'll tell you how to reach our Patreon at the end of the episode. That's announcement number one. Announcement number two is Sam and I are wordy sons of bitches. (laughs) We are long winded mother lovers who, um, talk a lot. And, um, for the first, maybe like four episodes of Just Break Up, we only did three letters. Mm -hmm. And, Since then, basically since August, we've been doing four letters an episode,
2: um,
0: and we're just feeling like we're getting a little too (laughs) long-winded, and that we're, and then we we want to make sure that our episodes are like consumable, concise, and diverse in their topics. And we're feeling like doing four letters an episode tends to make us drag on a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, and it makes listening to us a little bit more of a commitment for your week. So. Temporarily, or or as a test run, we're going to go back to three letters an episode um, Mm -hmm. and just see how that feels, uh, see if it changes our time by a ton. We've tried to, like, time ourselves to, like so bad at it. Oh, (laughs) atrocious. We're, like, 12 (laughs) minutes a letter, 20 minutes later, you know. Um, It's
1: just because there's so much to talk about. Yeah, and— We love doing it so much that we we don't want to, like, constrain ourselves by time, so we're going to cut down on letters to try and, like— be able to allow ourselves to have the conversation we want to have about it. And to be
0: honest, like when we first went to four letters, it was because we really wanted to get the advice out. But now, now as we've matured as a podcast, we realize that like, half of the podcast is Sam and I interacting. And so we want to be able to go on a couple more tangents always applicable to well, somewhat applicable (laughs) to what we're talking about, you know, like, but our our personal musings is half of what I think um, makes our podcast fun for us and helpful for other people. So we just want a little bit more freedom to like um, experiment in our episodes. So we're going to go down to three letters per episode. And the last check in topic is how do you feel about speed dating? (laughs)
1: Okay. First question: Is speed dating still a thing? Yes.
0: So, so I I was driving here to the studio, and I was like, I want to check in about speed dating because a I've never done it. B I, I always think of it as like a comical thing. Yeah. But it's happening. It, it's 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 around us. I googled it right before you got to the studio. Like there are <laughs> events happening at places, multiple places across the Twin Cities over the huh. next couple months, and I've never done it. And nor do I think I could, yeah. but I just want to like unpack why and what, what speed dating is and why I feel hesitant to do it. And like, if you've done it, I want to know, like not you, but the general audience, like if anybody out there is done speed dating and has an experience they want to share, they should shoot us a DM on Instagram or a Facebook message because yeah. I want to know what it's like. Cause it's kind of a, it's kind of a fascinating thing. It is. So what do you understand about, what do you understand speed dating to be?
1: Uh, it's where
2: the ladies, there are are equal
1: ladies and men. I've never seen it done ever between same-sex couples. Mm -hmm. But they're, so like the ladies all sit at different tables and then the men have like, they like talk to one lady for five minutes and then they like move to the next lady. And then you can either like give someone your number. I think you can, you you like mark on a sheet, like who you're interested in. And then if you match, they'll like exchange your information so that you can like go on a real date.
0: Oh, so cute. I didn't even know that. I'm so glad I asked you. This is why you're like my smartest friend. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I was like, so you just like get to reject people repeatedly. That's, that's, that would be my fear is like going into it and feeling like I had to continually reject people i wasn't interested in mm-hmm. um f- or be rejected but it sounds like it's kind of an anonymous process
1: yeah and it's like opt-in so like it's not like you're rejecting anyone you're just choosing the people that you are interested in
0: ah we should host a just break up speed dating event should we Absolutely not. <laughs> However, it excites me just to imagine like go, like matching all of the opt-ins. You oh, know? I know.
1: And we would be like,
2: oh ah, we got
0: a <laughs> match. <laughs> <laughs> that was me hee hee. Like giggle, giggle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you do it? Would you ever do speed dating? No. Why?
1: I don't like... Because you're married. <laughs> me- well, first that. <laughs> and also I don't like meeting that many people that quickly. Th- that's what
0: I... It- but it does seem like a bang for your buck, right?
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's like it's like Tinder or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah, you're but right. Tinder, I swipe like 100 people at a time.
1: Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I think that there's more of a connection that happens than on Tinder because you actually like get to have a conversation with the person. But yeah. I do think it's hard to like distill yourself down into like five minutes of conversation.
0: Yeah, uh, I think why I'm like interested in it, other than the fact that it is like kind of a piece of pop culture that I'm not totally that I think kind of gets um, a bad rap or like mm. um, you, you even asked me, like, is it real? Is it still happening? <laughs> um, but I, one of the reasons why I'm really drawn to it is I think I would feel really embarrassed to go. I think I would feel very self-conscious mm-hmm. to feel like I was going into a room in with the explicit intent of meeting people for love. Like, it's like you have to walk in a room and be like, I'm single and I'm interested. <laughs> right? And yeah. you don't walk into a bar that way. You barely walk into, like, a dating app that way, you yeah. know? Like, there's, like, a cool... I don't know, lens that you put over yourself to be like, I'm here just for fun, giggle. Mm-hmm. Like, let me know if you want to join me on a, you know, beach day, giggle, giggle. But, like, you're really there for love, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, you're there yeah. because you want love in your life. And yeah. I think something about speed dating that that attracts me is that transparency, that you're like, I'm here for dating.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I think if I were to do it in a future life, like— I would have to swallow a lot of pride and control and um, be ready to be like vulnerable in that way. In reality, it's not that vulnerable. You know, you're just doing the same thing you're doing on Tinder, but publicly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah.
1: I think that speed dating gets a bad rap because it's all it's used as like a trope about the desperate woman. who's like trying to find the husband.
0: That's why I wanted to talk about it.
1: It's like, and I don't understand because it's no different than going on a dating app. If I
0: think about it, like it would save me a fuck ton of work, (laughs) you know, then from like texting somebody, you know, texting five people for a week, eventually going on a date with one of them to find out that like uh, we don't, I am not actually attracted to them or we don't vibe well or whatever. It's the, the swiftness of it does say something for how we connect with people for sure you know like can can we carry a conversation do I find you attractive do we have good you know physical and emotional chemistry can do I feel like I can talk to you
1: yeah and there's like a level of like action that you have to take too it's not like oh I'm just gonna build my Tinder profile and then like (laughs) ignore everyone that texts me you actually have to like show up at the place and like be there for an extended period of time and like it shows a level of commitment that that sign. Um, I totally agree we're gonna bring back speed dating I'm, I'm telling you
0: <laughs> just break up speed it's gonna happen and I, I think about some of our single friends and how like they would have to like commit our single friends who want to date people, they would have to commit to going into a space saying, I want this. Yeah. I want to date. It's, uh, this is not a hookup or this is not something I'm doing for fun. This is because I'm here to meet people and date people. And I think it's really, um, I'm inspired. I'm hashtag inspired by yeah. speed dating. Please message us your stories or experiences <laughs> with speed dating. Tell us how dating. awful it is. And that we're <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. We're like co signing something. Pollyannas
1: being like, oh, yeah,
0: speed dating. Yeah. That's the solution. <laughs> Pollyannas?
1: Yeah. What does that mean? Like overly optimistic.
0: That's Pollyanna. Is that a, an adjective or a person that you're referencing?
1: I have no idea what the etymology of <laughs> Pollyanna is.
0: Because uh, I was like, I am definitely not polyamorous, Um, um <laughs> Anyway, no.
1: last serial fun, monogamous. That's I know. You. I know.
0: <laughs> Hello, tip my hat to you, sir. <laughs> um, the last funny thing about speed dating, you were like, it shows a level of commitment. I was like, you know, fishing for uh, memes to put on our Just Break Up Pod Instagram. Speaking of, we host like some of the most amazing historical dating memes on our Instagram. If you don't follow us, check us out. Um, but I was like looking for new memes to post. <laughs> Somebody posted a Bumble interaction where they, in 2015, they wrote, uh, so what made you get like a blank type of dog? Mm. And the guy responded three years later and said like, oh, well, it was my ex-girlfriend's choice, but I did da, da, it. Da, 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 da. Sorry for the late response. I don't get on here much. And she just wrote, it's been three years. <laughs> <laughs> like that is some fucking audacity to like roll back on and answer.
1: Like, Honestly, that was me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a metaphor for all of our romantic efforts, you know, like, I showed up, I did my part, love, come to me, please respect me immediately. Anyway, let's get into our letters. Okay, great. Uh, I'm totally inspired by speed dating.
1: All right. I know, I can feel it.
0: (laughs) The room is glowing. We
1: just put our logo on it, and then we can make money off of it.
0: Yes, I know. Um, Okay, so... uh, The first letter comes from Emily, who's writing to us from The Void. Also, I have had more than one person message us on social media asking us what The Void is. (laughs) So maybe we should just define it really quickly when somebody doesn't want to share their location. Yes we say the void instead of saying writing from nowhere.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They're reaching out to us from the void.
0: Right, right. Okay, so Emily's writing to us from the void, and Emily writes, Hi, Sam and Sierra. I've been a huge fan of the podcast from the start, and I thought I'd write in with a question of my own. When I was 14 years old, I started dating a boy who was a couple years older than me. The relationship was doomed from the start because of the age difference, and he because, specifically, he had so much power over me. Mm. When he first started begging me to go out With him, eek already. I was contending with some unfun depression. I was focused every day on just trying to get my ass out of bed, so it probably wasn't an optimal time to hop into a relationship. We had been friends for years, and I knew he had a huge personality and was tended to be insanely dramatic. So clearly, there were a lot of red flags going on in the relationship. But because I was so young and I had never had a relationship before, he was able to essentially convince me that emotional manipulation was an acceptable form of loving someone. Our relationship was full of, quote, if you love me, you will do X, Y, and Z for me. And I'm a two on the Enneagram test and my love language is words of affirmation. So I got distracted by the fact that he would use the word love all the time. Hmm. Eek, I know. The relationship was toxic at best, towing the line of verbal abuse. I was so confused because I was so young and I thought I loved Loved him, so I didn't know that breaking up was an option. The most fun part was that after we eventually broke up, he bullied me at school and spread lies about our relationship and my mental health. He started dating the girl he told me not to worry about just a few days after we broke up. He sta- walked away from the relationship seemingly unscathed and seemed to th- thrive. It was really easy to hate him because he was a jerk face and there was no repercussions for his little dumb fuck actions. (laughs) We live in a very small town, so this hurt was all around me. I have now spent a good amount of fun time at therapy trying to work out all of my stuff. Yay, therapy. Yay, head and heart work. Anywho, many moons have passed several years and I was just living my happy, healthy whole life when I run into this bitch in my hometown. He had just dropped out of college, shaved his head, and looked very thin and sickly. All these things on their own might not have been bad, but added all together, it looked like a cry for help. When I saw this person who I've had so, who I've hated so easily for so many years, looking so pathetic and defenseless, I felt confused because I started to remember him as a little kid I used to know. I realized this villain douche monkey was once just a baby. I was so overwhelmed with emotions, feeling hate and sympathy all at once. I suppose my question is, how do I deal with these two conflicting feelings at once? How do I feel the pain of this toxic dumpster person while also remembering that he was once a baby dumpster? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Emily, for writing. Um, yeah, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. I think mm-hmm. we could just dive in and say— you can um, have you can still love somebody who was bad for you. You can mm-hmm. have empathy for somebody who was cruel. Yep. You can understand that this toxic dumpster person was once a dumpster baby, and therefore is on a journey as we all are. Yep. Um, I think that a huge part of life, a huge part of growing and learning and healing, is recognizing the true dissonance of the universe mm-hmm. that that nothing is truly harmonious right the only harmony and peace comes from accepting the chaos of yep. our lived experiences that we can feel love and hate at the same time we can feel feel fear and happiness like that all of these um seemingly opposite emotions can live at the, in our bodies at the same time Absolutely. and once we start accepting that there's nothing wrong with us for feeling all of these contradicting things then we're going to st- we stop trying to make it all or one yeah. right we stop trying to justify our feelings of fear as feelings for as love you right. know yep. i think about my abusive relationships i just kept thinking to myself or my subconscious kept saying to me but you love them so this fear or this discomfort can't be real mm. but that's just not true yep it can totally they they can once we accept that, we we do come to a higher form of peace and empowerment. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think um, I think when people have done us wrong, it's very easy to hate them. Um, and then, but and then the sympathy part comes in, right? Because I've I've also been in a situation where someone who's an asshole to me, like, also elicited feelings of sympathy for them, and it feels like that means that you are undermining the barriers that you've put up or the the walls that you've built to keep that person from continuing to do shitty things to you. Um but actually the sympathy doesn't erode those barriers whatsoever, right? right. Like you can feel sympathy for someone and still <laughs> say to them, "No. Right. You are not allowed in my life and you are not allowed to continue to hurt me." Right. Um so I don't want I think it's hard because then we confuse that with like, "Well, if I don't hate him, then like I'm letting him back in.
0: Right. I also feel like we confuse kind, compassionate people with with people who don't ever say no or right. have boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. But like
1: that Especially is... Especially for those type
0: twos. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hey, girl. <laughs> yeah. And so like for me, I think that to be a loving person, I have to be all forgiving, all supportive, supportive yeah. all giving of myself. When in reality, like... Because I say no to someone or because I say, "Put a boundary up," doesn't mean that I'm a bad person mm-hmm. And Emily, because you have somehow seen the child in this abuser, yep, this child in this person, this this, and by child, I basically mean um like a human inherent worthiness, yep, because you recognize that worthiness in him doesn't mean you're the one that needs to fill
1: him up, right. And I think that's the key thing in this as well, is that like um, you can feel sympathy for people, right? But how do you feel sympathy without feeling the need to take on all of their emotional baggage onto yourself? Mm -hmm. Um, And for people who are type twos, who are givers um, and are caretakers, it is really hard to maintain that distance sometimes to be like to look at your ex who is shaved his head and is looking pale and sickly and say, that's a cry for help.
0: Right. Eat a banana.
1: Right. (laughs) How do you acknowledge that that's a cry for help, but you're not the one that needs to be the one to answer it?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's real. And I I think maybe that's what we should touch on is like, what does that look like tangibly in the world? I think it, uh, Emily, I think it looks like journaling. Mm -hmm. I think it looks like talking to one of your best friends and saying, hey, I don't want to act on these emotions, but I want to put them out there in the world. Yep. We really don't think that it involves contacting
1: him. No, no, it does not.
0: (laughs) The only note we put on this letter is stay away. (laughs) <laughs> because we knew we could riff on it like without ta- sometimes we take notes of things we we want to remember to stay but the only note we wrote on this this letter when we printed it out was stay away you do not need to go back in order to find healing catharsis understanding when you go back these these um opposite emotions this dissonance between understanding and anger mm-hmm. it's not going to get easier right nope. it's not going to get easier in fact like going back to him might evoke some of the power that you've gotten by putting up these boundaries, by doing the head and heart work, the therapy to understand that he was in the wrong. Yep. But you can believe right now in your body he was in the wrong and still understand that he is an inherently valuable human being mm-hmm. who deserves forgiveness and who, who is on his own path. But you sure. don't need to go get that from him.
1: No, you don't. And I think sometimes caretakers feel like withholding care is like actively hurting people. Right? Yeah. And it's not like he is going through his own stuff, and you are a neutral force in this right now. Yep. So you are just choosing to remain neutral. You are not choosing to withhold love. You are not choosing to withhold care. You are just choosing to not offer it.
0: Oh my God. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that because I I do—I so strongly relate to that, that, like, if I am not helping, then I'm hurting.
1: Yes, yep. But
0: isn't that, like, a kind of vain way of thinking? Mm-hmm, that you're
1: the only one that can solve the problem? Yes,
0: yes. That, like, <laughs> like oh, Donald my Trump. God. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're even, bitch. Yes, thank we're you. We're even. <laughs> <laughs> the reference— <laughs> Ah, uh, that's funny as fuck. Okay, so on the Patreon episode last week, I told Sam—or no, this week—the Patreon episode that will come out this week, I told Sam that his hair looked like Donald Trump, but I didn't mean it as bad as it sounds. <laughs> You'll have to subscribe our, to our Patreon to know what yeah. I was referencing. It's like the
1: most offensive thing you ever said know, to me. I <laughs> know. I literally,
0: and I apologize, on air. Um, but you—but now we're even. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's great. I just called you Donald Trump, so we're we're good. <laughs>
0: as they say <laughs> um, okay anyway Emily um, what I was just freaking out about about my very intelligent friend Sam is that he's saying that like we we do not have to be a good force or a bad force in someone's life. Oftentimes, I think we can find harmony by just recognizing we are our own forces in our own lives. Mm -hmm. And we can choose who we contribute to. um, But you're not hurting this man by, like, not being in his life right now. And if he comes to you in any way, being like, oh, girl, hey, what's up? Like, just because he's hurting doesn't mean you need to clean up the mess for him. He has dug this path himself. Yes. And I don't even mean that in a vindictive way, but, like. We so often look back and think about relationships from the past as though it's like a tally system, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, we did love each other then, so therefore it is owed that I put this time in. Yep. it's just, That's just not real.
1: No, it's not. And it's actually, I think, one of the biggest problems in, I think like, so too. in people's healing is that, like, just because I loved this person once, that means that I am forever connected to them and that I forever will owe them things If they need help. Right. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not how it works. I think
0: it's like the plague of specialness. Yeah. Like, oh, this person will always be special to me. Yep. But again, let's go back to, I don't know, like the medieval times. (laughs) (laughs) Special ain't shit, you know, like you would be dead at 30, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you like frolicked with a peasant boy in a field one day. Yep. Like. I don't know, really know where this is going.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I'm like trying to help. But I'm like, uh,
0: we're we're like, let's we're do three boy. letters so that we can go on more tangents. And I'm like, the peasant boy's name was Ralph. <laughs> and he caressed my blonde hair. And you're like,
1: <laughs> This has now become just uh, erotica <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ASMR erotica.
1: <laughs> Not Honestly, I? <laughs> I, would, I would listen to it.
0: <laughs> Emily, we're getting way off track. Yeah. Our last piece of advice is just stay away, girl. Keep cultivating that good, happy whole life that mm-hmm. you've been working on. It's yep. okay to feel pity. It's okay to look back on somebody. Um, but remember, your life is in the now and in the future, right? Your your happiness right now is what you should be focusing on, not what seems to be failing in other people's lives.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Thank you so much for writing. We love you.
1: Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do.
0: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All
1: right. Our next letter comes from Megan Jay, who's writing from Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. And it is... Long and okay. a bit dense. Okay, so I'm going to paraphrase it. Okay, uh, so Megan uh, was in an abusive relationship for a bit, um, and then sort of hold herself off for like eight years. Oh, so <laughs> she says. she's like I was basically <laughs> Emily Dickinson, like writing poetry in my attic and never like leaving ah! my house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is an a mood. Yes, yep. <laughs> an aesthetic.
1: Um. So basically, uh, she decided to put herself out there, uh, which is really great. So she went on a, a um, dating app. Um,
2: and <laughs> yeah, she did
1: encounter a few dumpster fires, as they say, but most experiences were pretty positive for her. Um, so she is now moving from her uh, grad school, where she's going to grad school, to A larger city to pursue a job okay Uh, I assume that larger city is Portland (laughs) Um, but before she left she met this guy uh, on the dating app and it was amazing okay super connected Uh, they really get each other she's a type two he's a type five so it's like our relationship oh my god (laughs) Um, and they're just like really really connected and she felt it immediately that she felt safe comforted Uh, no
0: okay I'm gonna call him Timmy Timmy
1: great Yep. So Timmy is back home where she was going to grad school. Okay. Timmy found out that she was moving to Portland. Okay. And he said, I 100% support you. Go pursue your dreams. This is fantastic. Uh, We'll like, but let's keep this relationship going. Okay. But then once she gets to Portland, he's like, how about you? I think that you should start dating other people because like you don't know anyone there and, uh, you know, like. Go out there. Like, put yourself out and there. And this is like a people. positive thing. Yes. Okay, yes. Cool. Not like a he's not trying to open up the relationship and she's not into it. Right. He's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, you're in a new city. So, like, explore your He endorsed your her. Yes. Them
0: having like an open long distance relationship. Yes. Got yep. it.
1: So then Megan met this other guy and she's really clicking with him.
0: Too. I'm going to call him Ralph, like the peasant boy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Perfect. <laughs> so Timmy's back home. Uh, Ralph is in Portland, and she's really clicking with Ralph as well. Both men know about each other. She's been, like, talking about it very openly and, and honestly cool. with both of them. And they both seem really cool with it. Okay. Um, so now I'm just going to start uh, reading the last paragraph. Got it. I have spoken to both men about each other and the nature of my relationship with each, and both have responded positively. The person back home, Timmy, <laughs> even talked about us just being in an open relationship together if that made it easier for me. I appreciate his support in this area of my life as well. Uh, I am concerned that I will somehow hurt him or lose him altogether. I'm also worried about this new relationship and that I am only seeing what I do in him because I am comparing him, even if positively, to my last awful relationship. Mm. When I am with one, I am often thinking about the other and how what I might be saying or doing might affect that particular person. If you hadn't guessed, I've never been in an open relationship before, and I don't want to hurt anyone in the midst of navigating something that is so new and unfamiliar to me. How do I navigate in a way that is healthy and positive with the least amount of pain necessary necessary to all those involved? Am I naive to even try, or should I let go of what was, as loving and supportive as it has been, and focused on what is ahead? I can't help but feel like my heart is still back home, and if I go back, that I can just be with him. Hmm. But if I go back, I forsake my dreams of a career in the publishing world. I just don't want to lose him or the potential to see my dreams fulfilled. Please help. Any advice or humble musings are so appreciated. Thank you both for all that you do.
0: Oh, Megan, thank you so much for this letter. Um, We apologize for condensing it, but I think Sam did a very juicy job.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. So I think... First, we're going to talk about the idea of open relationships yeah. and navigating that, and our experience with that. And then we're going to talk about uh, maybe what it means to be in a long distance relationship and making choices for your future. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, because yep. I think you're in the right place, Megan. I think that yep. uh, this is your dream, mm-hmm. and and uh, these dreams, just like the conflicting emotions from the first letter. Yep. Um, your love and your dreams can often feel counter-intuitive, like intuitive, yeah. uh, but they can exist in the same world, Absolutely. I think. yeah. So first, let's talk about um, open relationships. Sam, have you ever been in an open relationship? No. Me neither. So <laughs> we are not experts. <laughs> we have no experience whatsoever. Yeah, the note hundred- that we
1: wrote on this <laughs> is... Dating two people at once gives me hives.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was a quote from <laughs> Sam. <laughs> um, and so before we dive in, before we make fun of ourselves, mm. uh, this is like an a extra special edition of we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, that we just don't have any life experience in this. But I can speak to being a two. I can speak to um, being torn emotionally. And, uh, and I can... Yes. So Sam, why how does it what has stopped you from doing it before?
1: Um honestly, I don't like people enough to yeah. want to date two of them at yeah. the same time. I mean, when I was like dating, I would be going on dates with multiple people yeah. at the same time, like but it would never get to like past the third date or whatever. Yeah. And that was fine because I was like not emotionally committed to any of them. It just seems like Dating is hard enough, like I've already locked one mm-hmm. down, so like why would I need to continue to mm-hmm. date more people?
0: Yeah, for me it's like the exact opposite in every <laughs> way, but, <laughs> but like equally bad <laughs> because like I love people and I've often like formed my identity around what people think about me, neg- like like as a flaw. Yeah. Um but for me, I could never bring myself to go on um dates with more than one person in the same week or whatever Mm -hmm. because I would just invest myself into the one person even if I didn't really like them I would like I would go on a couple dates with them or start dating them for like six months (laughs) you know even if I wasn't truly there it's like I couldn't handle um, the idea of uh, rejecting someone it was really hard for me so yeah I probably should have dated (laughs) around a little bit more before uh-huh. getting into relationships but um yeah so my bad
1: <laughs> that's alright we're all on a journey we're all yeah, learning as I really we go hope along
0: that like people who I've dated are, don't listen to this because <laughs> I'm like I didn't like having sex with any of you <laughs> I dated all of you too fast and too long <laughs>
1: uh-huh. But true.
0: I know. My bad. Um, I'm just living in my truth here in my 33rd <laughs> year, going this is into right. my 33rd year. I guess. Okay. So, um,
1: technically, you're in your 33rd year
0: right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there I am, living because you have a whole year of in for your zero. Yes, you're right. <laughs> okay. So, um, Megan, uh, neither of us have been in an open relationship. Do we think it's a bad thing? Absolutely not. It sounds no. like you guys are doing it in a super healthy way, <laughs> yeah. the only conflict that's happening is internally right now. Mm-hmm. Like that you're stressed that you're going to hurt Timmy or Ralph or that yep. um, you're making the wrong decision, yada, yada, yada. Yep. Um, I, I actually wish that I had the support system um, to be able to be in open relationships in the past, especially in the beginning of dating or like in your situation when you're in a new city and you want to meet new people. Mm-hmm. I. I would I revel in the idea of having a partner that's so secure in me and my my love um, that they're okay with me exploring things with other people. Yeah. However, here's where the hives come in (laughs) is very much like you, Megan. I think Sam and I would both be anxious that we were doing something wrong, anxious that we were going to piss somebody off, especially with a history of abuse or like verbal and emotional abuse. I'm afraid that I would like bring this truth to this to, to Timmy or whatever, and Timmy would turn on me and then make me um, uh, regret my actions or yep. whatever. Uh, so I think I have avoided it because a my great fear of disappointing or rejecting people, which I'm working on every day, mm-hmm. and b a fear that it would go wrong. I think I have a huge fear that it was gonna that it would blow up in my face, yep. which I think is what Megan is talking about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but I wonder though I wonder if just positing something there for the for the void
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um for folks that are in long distance or excuse me in open relationships is my fear that things will go wrong um influenced by the standardization of monogamy yeah like am i afraid of it because i've been taught that that's the right way and there's a the wrong way you know mm-hmm. we have been taught that we've been taught that monogamy is the right way to date
1: yep and i think it's about <clears throat> i think it's also about our very narrow definitions of what relationships are and what success in relationship yes, looks like yes totally because We are taught and we are – it is ingrained in us that relationships that are monogamous and that last a really long time are the mark of success. Oh, my God. Right? Like we were just – we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like getting to the 50-year anniversary is great and fantastic. And like people who are happy in their committed monogamous relationship that get there, like amazing. But it's – but it's like held up as being like, we should all aspire to do this. Yes. And relationships don't have to look like and that.
0: They don't happen like that. I am so glad you brought up the anniversary because we had that revelation on air yeah. like 10 <laughs> episodes ago. And I was truly changed by it, by the fact that like I am, I might be too old at this point to reach my 50th anniversary with a partner one day. Yeah. You know, like I might not live that long. Mm-hmm. And, I've I had to have this reckoning in myself of like oh my god I could be with my partner for the next 20 years and that would be amazing I could meet my soulmate when I was 50 and be with them for 10 years like and and those great 10 years are are what matters it's the years that you are in love not the quantity of years right um and I think that just like you said it it we can turn that lens onto what type of relationship we think is successful or yep. "quote unquote" right. Yep. And I totally think polyamorous relationship, open relationships—they, I might be a like I might have anxiety around them because of how they're stigmatized.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. So I think Megan, like, there's a possibility for this relationship with both Timmy and with Ralph,
0: right,
1: to look different than monogamous 50-year marriage right right but that doesn't mean that that it's wrong it doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong in it mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that it has to be painful it doesn't mean that it has to end poorly right. right like if you continue to see ralph and and uh you know you continue to see timmy and you just sort of things die with timmy because like you are in a different city than him right. and like it's very hard to maintain that Um, that doesn't mean that the relationship failed, right? Right. There's no reason why the things that you are doing are bad decisions. And I think that's what's really hard about dating two people at the same time is because you have to be like...
0: Double decision.
1: (laughs) Right? You Like you have... If we view relationships as either being successful or failures, then if you're dating two people at the same time, you have double the chance of failure.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that is a really, really scary thing to do. But if we can reframe and not see them as success and failure and we can just live in them and, and do what makes us comfortable, do what makes us feel good, uh, pursue our hearts in a way that is healthy and, and happy for us. We have so much more possibility to experience so many different things than just a f- successful relationship or a failed relationship.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree. And, I mean, honestly, just like in every other relationship, communication is key. Transparency yep. is key. Honesty is key. And I think for you and your personality type, make sure that you're not feeling like you are. Um, I want to make sure you, Megan, are the center of your decision making. Yes. Yep. I want to make sure you are who you are advocating for first, Yep. not either of your partners, Um. not either city. It's what you want, what makes you happy, what makes you feel fulfilled at the end of the day. And yep. then you can take care of other people, right? Absolutely. But really, at this new time, you're going to school, you're in this new city, like make sure that you're advocating for yourself. And that's a great transition into the two cities, the tale of two cities, <laughs> Um, there's no reason why this person cannot move to you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I I believe that grad, like, what is the longest that grad school lasts? Like,
1: well, she's out of grad school now. She moved for her career.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, um, like you are here to experience your new job, to build your resume, to flex those muscles that you built up at in academia yep. um, and I think that it's okay uh, to explore the new world that you're in mm-hmm. um, if you if things are are maintained or or or, or are, are getting better and growing then I think you could there's a world in which you could ask um, Timmy to come and move in with you in mm-hmm. this new city and I also think that if things continue to grow and feel good in like a year you've got a year at this job under your belt um. Then maybe you can look at other jobs in which you guys could live together in the same city. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think right now you should prioritize this great career opportunity that you've gotten, mm-hmm. and not the the happiness that love provides you. Yep. Right, because you can find that love in so many different places. Yep not just other people Mm -hmm. um and i think that you're you've got this great new scenario set up um don't let don't let the goodness of the love distract you from the goodness of your life
1: yes um and i think also like people who have been in abusive relationships um and who have hold themselves up for eight years um are probably also operating from a, a place of scarcity too right like um because because we have been given such bad love we think that when we find good love that we need to hold it and keep it because it's the it's the only love that we're ever going to find and so i don't want you to be making decisions from that scarcity mindset of saying i have to hold on to timmy and i have to hold on to ralph because otherwise i'm going to be alone or i'm going to be in a horrible relationship with someone else right I want you to be holding on to those two guys because you want to be holding on to them. You know that there is abundant love out there and you are choosing these two these two guys because you want to be with them and not because you're afraid that there's nothing else out there.
0: Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for Megan.
1: For Megan.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for writing, comma, Megan. There
1: you go.
0: I'm a professional writer. (gasps) Uh, Thanks so much for writing. We love you. We believe in you. Congratulations on the new job and the move and what seems to be a pretty healthy relationship. Yep. Uh, We hope this helps. We love you. All right. Our last letter is from Alyssa Australia, who is writing to us from Australia. Oh, what?
1: (laughs) It's crazy that her last name is also where she lives. Oh, my
0: God. (laughs) Just a heads up. uh, We'll have a trigger warning for sexual assault and non-consensual behavior in this letter. Alyssa writes, Hi Sam and Sierra. After listening to all of your podcasts, love them all, I have realized something. First off, my girlfriend and I have been dating for just about two years now. Our relationship is amazing and I love her so much. We respect each other and she supports me in every way she can. Recently though, I've noticed that I no longer want to engage in sex. I never have the drive, but still feel drawn to cuddle, hug, etc. After listening to one of your podcasts involving consent, I remembered that during one of our first times, she attempted to try something new. With nothing said, she just went for it, and I immediately said no. She kept going, so I kept reading no until she stopped, me, stopped a few seconds later. I suggested that we continue the way we usually do, which is what we did. This was two years ago. And I just realized now that I did not give consent and how wrong it was. I brought it up with her yesterday and she apologized and said she, she thought at the time it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't out of, pl- out of a place of power, just that she wanted to try something new with me. This event only happened that one time, but I still feel really stuck on what to do. Do I break up with her? Leave it in the past? I love her so much, and she's the most important person in my life right now. Thanks for reading. Lots of love, Alyssa.
1: Thanks for writing, Alyssa.
0: Yeah. Um, I think this is a really interesting letter Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of our listeners are going to relate to. uh, If not specifically, uh, they'll relate to the idea of not really understanding um, what is crossing the line Mm -hmm. and and subsequently what to do with that very blurry line and when it is crossed yeah and i think that's what sam and i were drawn to in this letter is the idea of the gray area of sex and sexual assault and how we process that and how we move on and how we survive um so before we kind of dive into um your relationship Alyssa, i think sam and i just want to muse a little bit on um on the differences of perception and also how sexual violence uh it's not like one size fits all
1: yeah but before we dive into that um we just want to say to you Alyssa, that we are sorry that this happened to you right um and we're sorry that you are going through it two years after it actually happened right Right. like to have to to process through emotions about a thing that happened so far in the past after you've built a loving trusting relationship with with your partner um Has to be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So we just wanna we wanna say we're sorry that you're that you're going through this. Yeah, we
0: wanna put our like metaphorical hand on your shoulder and be like, Yeah, this is difficult. Let's process through it. Um (laughs) So, yeah, I think that I think what I want to first unpack is when I was younger and when I was first having sex or first maybe experiencing sexual um, acts that were could be considered non-consensual, mm-hmm. um, I realized sometime down the line that the narrative of sexual assault has always been incredibly black and white. It's yep. it's always stranger danger. There's a man in the bushes who's going to jump out and sexually assault you. Yep. Right. And. And um, while that does happen, sexual assault is done by strangers. It is more often than not done by an intimate partner, a friend, a family member, somebody who you have consensually invited into your house, if not into your bed. And um, like echoing my trigger warning, because we're going to talk so explicitly about this. But I think that it's really important to talk about sex as almost a continuum like this, that, that not like that you cannot have the same sexual experience as someone else who wasn't in the room. Mm -hmm. Like it, sex is so different. Communication is so different all of the time that if you're looking for it to be black or white, if you're looking for it to be, um, this is textbook assault versus not. Yep. Um, it's going to leave you feeling really confused and isolated sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I'm explaining this correctly, but I guess the last thing I'll say about the gray area is I needed to give myself and my friends permission, like my peers around me, my students. I had to give myself and them permission to say this was non-concessual, this was assault, mm-hmm. because we, if if no wasn't explicitly said if we invited them into our house if um we we wanted something at one moment but then changed our mind like all of these things can conflate our understanding yeah but at the end of the day if we if we recognize that every experience is different that all sexual assault looks different then we can then we can welcome in the 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 full gamut of human experience mm-hmm. right yep. um And I say all of this really, like, um, ungracefully to say that, Alyssa, your experience um, is just one of the many faces of non-consensual sexual interactions out Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, And... It doesn't matter if it looks different than another woman or another man or another person on the street. Um, everybody has their own right to say what did and didn't happen to their body. Mm-hmm. And so we're really proud of you for articulating this to us yeah. two years later and to your partner.
1: Yep. And you also have the right to look back at an experience that happened to you and react differently to it years later. time. Yes, right? absolutely. You get, you get to look back and say, oh, at the time that didn't feel like a big deal. And now two years later, it does. Yeah,
0: totally. That's
1: that's totally within your You're
0: allowed to change your perception.
1: Yep. Right. But I also think like that black and white thinking also comes into play when we're talking about how we react to non-consensual sex as well, right? Because like if, if rape is a man in the bushes coming out and attacking you, right, right? Then your reaction to that has to be Dramatic. like right. your reaction to that is that you break down. It ruins your life. You can't like walk around in the dark anymore. Right. You always need people around you. You sleep with the lights the on. The
0: narrative like, of sexual assault is that it ruins its victims. Right.
1: But if we can if we look at non-consensual sex with more nuance than that, then we can also look at people's reactions to it much more nuanced. Right. Absolutely. You don't have to be broken because this happened to you. Right. Absolutely. Right.
0: And that you can allow yourself to heal as you see fit, and this goes for anyone who has experienced any type of sexual assault or sexual violence. Um, this does not have to be what breaks you, because mm-hmm. to be completely frank, you are not the broken one. It's the person who did this to you, who had a failing, or 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 who are broken in a way, right? Mm-hmm. To in, to to act this way, and again, we. We want to open the the narrative up into this, away from the black and white, this is sexual assault, this isn't, because that will always penalize the victim, right? If we we make this list of this is what sexual assault is and this isn't, then we will constantly be like railing, us victims will be constantly like railing our heads up against the wall, trying to prove our experiences instead of processing healing and moving on, right? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think that was just like a general conversation we wanted to have. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love what you said about like, like this doesn't, if we change the narrative of what sexual assault is to include the nuances to the the gray area of sex, then we can also include different reactions and different healings from it. And so to you, Alyssa, we say you wrote in this letter. Well, first I want to say, did your girlfriend fuck up? Undoubtedly. Yep. Period. Yep. Right? She fucked up. People fuck up all the time. They do. Yes. And that is not me saying in a coded way that people commit sexual assault all the time. I do not believe that. And that is not a contingency that I'm going to like put out there into the universe. But I do think that people make mistakes. People fuck up. People hurt people. And people... um overstep their boundaries mm-hmm. physically emotionally all the time yep. right you know better than Sam and I know yep that your girlfriend is a good person mm-hmm. right or 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 isn't right, right. Yep. we don't we don't actually know you know your girlfriend's soul yep. her heart her who who she is and you know what her capacity for growth understanding empathy regret reparation is yes. right yep and so you write so much in this letter about ha- your happiness, how you've you've grown this relationship for two years. And Sam and I don't necessarily think you need to leave your girlfriend Mm-mm. over this. Nope, You can heal as you see fit. Yep. And to pull away from your relationship for one second, I do think the narrative of sexual assault is that it crushes you. But there is a there's a great movement out there like a feminist movement that says, like, you do not have to be crushed by sexual assault. Yep. You can go about your day, right? Mm-hmm. You can say, I got to go to work now.
1: Absolutely. And you can go to therapy and you can unpack it there, like other traumas that you've been through. Like, it doesn't have to be the thing that makes you curl up in a ball and right. die. right? Because
0: the, because the curling up in a ball is... <laughs> The the cultural expectation that um, people will do that after they've been assaulted is an extension of the narrative that um, that your purity is your most highly rated thing. Right. To to be assaulted means that you are no longer a pure, virginal, worthy being. And so therefore, your life must be crushed after assault. But what Sam and I are saying is that 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 narrative is is just as violent and oppressive as the thinking that goes behind the act of sexual assault, right? right. Um, The idea that things can be taken and given from you. You're a whole person as is right now, no matter what people do to you. Right. Right. So Alyssa, you are a whole being no matter what your partner did to you. Um, And that, that the, the choices that she made two years ago are on her and don't chip away at you and your identity.
1: Absolutely. And I think, What we're what we're trying to get at is that you are the expert in your own experience here, right? right? You know how you need to react to this. You know what type of healing that you need to do. You need to you know who you need to talk to. So we can't sit here and say like, oh, she sexually assaulted you. You have to break up with her. Like, we're not going to say that. Unfortunately, even though that might be like the easiest thing for. Oh, I, that ca- you like I kind want of to. <laughs> want to say that.
0: Right. Like, I kind of want to say that because it is the easier way to say uh, it's the easier way of thinking of yep. like. But the problem is people we love and respect do th- terrible things. Yeah. Because they are either hurting. They they they're oblivious. Mm-hmm. They are in seek of power. They are. I, I don't know, fucking in debt. Like, <laughs> I, Of course, I'm not talking about sexual assault in that instance, but I'm saying, like, there are so many reasons why, quote unquote, good people make terrible decisions. Yep. And I have to believe in a world of forgiveness Yep. and accountability.
1: Yep. And we're not trying to say, you know, oh, we need to look at sexual ass- or people who have sexually assaulted with a f- forgiving lens. Right. Right. Um, but we, what we are saying is that in your relationship specific to you, you have the power, you have the capacity, you have the right to forgive yeah. your girlfriend for what she did to you. Yeah. And no one else can give you can give that to you. Right. No one else can say can judge you for what you do. in right. that. Right. This is about you and your relationship to her. This is about protecting yourself. This is about making sure that you are making the decision based off of your happiest and healthiest self. Right. right? And so if you decide, you know, I'm going to forgive her. She's apologized. She has said she won't do it again. She's done all of the things that I've asked her to. And so I'm going to forgive her and I'm going to continue to move on. And I'm going to look at the the wonderful two years that we've built and yeah. and allow this bad thing to be in the past, to be something right. that we've forgiven grown but from. not forgotten, but we've grown from, right? right? That's great. That's fine. If you also wake up tomorrow and you're like, I can't do this. Because I can't sleep
0: I, at night because of it. Because right?
1: of this? That's also fine.
0: Right. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. It doesn't matter if she regrets it or apologized. If you feel uncomfortable and you no longer can find yourself feeling safe in this relationship, then you can leave. There's no statute of limitation for your reaction to things.
1: Absolutely. And we're trying to practice that nuance that we've been talking about. right? Right. If we, you know, if we always expect victims of rape to curl up in a ball and want to die and be totally crushed after this. Right then we have to, if we don't want that to be the only way that people can react, then we have to open up the possibility for other types of reactions. To
0: just, and and we have to, that scope of reaction can be curling up and falling into a great depression, or yep. it can be moving on yep. with your life immediately. And neither can be wrong. We cannot further victimize um, people who experience sexual assault by dictating how and when they should heal.
1: Absolutely. And so... We want to extend that grace to you right now. Right. That's what we're trying to do is to say you are you are that the final actor in this decision. You right. are the one that gets to decide what to do. We can't tell you what it is, but we know that you are going to make the absolute right decision for you and for your health.
0: Yeah. The last thing I'm going to say is I do think that if, you, if this is going to like nibble at the back of your subconscious for mm-hmm. a long time, then I do think it's important for you to have um, a conversation with your girlfriend to say explicitly what you're feeling, what you hope to get from her. Yep. Like if you need an explicit apology, if you want to talk about it more, and just say like, "Hey, I can let go of this, but I need to. I need to process this as a team." Yep. Then I, w- I just want to empower you to ask for what you need from your partner and not feel bad that it happened two years ago. Yep. And if she holds that against you, then you can say, "I I need you to I need you to do this for me," and then I can process and move on for us right um just make sure they're advocating for like a happy healthy whole um healing process for yourself first and then as a couple right cool uh, we know this is a really confusing experience. Absolutely. Um, I know that it's really uh, can be very nuanced for folks out there. We just hope to shed some, the most understanding to everyone out there who has experienced something like this that Absolutely. not everybody's situation looks the same and it's okay to process as you see fit.
1: Yep.
0: Alyssa, we love you. Thanks for writing. Thanks for writing. All right, that brings us to the blind date segment of the show. Every episode, we like to shout out something we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with
1: a TV show <gasps> called The Other Two.
0: Oh my god, it's so fucking funny!
1: <laughs> um, it's on Comedy Central. the The premise behind it is that there's like this uh, this kid who becomes like the next Justin Bieber is like found yeah. on YouTube. Um, and like suddenly becomes an overnight sensation but the show is actually about his two, other two siblings his other two siblings uh who, who are, are like in their 30s
0: yeah and... who are like
1: significantly older than him but and are like also struggling with being adults
0: yeah <laughs> amen <laughs> uh
1: and i thought it was going to be like i thought they were going to be nasty like i thought they were, it was going to be about how they're all fuck ups and they're like mean to each other i
0: know but they're so nice but
1: they're just so nice to each other and they're so nice to their little brother and their mom yeah. that it's like the funniness is that they're so like inept at things
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
1: fun and but like the the heartwarming fact is that they just like are they trying really hard and they are yeah. like really appreciative of their mom and their brother and like building that relationship together i will also say that it is so nice to watch a gay character like meet another gay character and have it just be like cute and romantic and like like, I just it makes me think about how I didn't have that when I was mm, growing up totally. and seeing gay men come together in a way that's like, you know, soap opera, like, totally. you know, like romantic comedy, like, but just like having the ability to be able to see that and like feel those feelings of like, oh, they just met. They're having that cute conversation, mm-hmm. um, especially because gay men are tend to be like over sexualized and right. or like mean, like portrayed yep. as being very mean. Uh, to see like two characters who are like flawed and, and funny like coming together to have a, a heartwarming moment. Totally was really nice. So
0: absolutely. It's
1: called the other two. It's on Comedy Central. I don't know where you can stream it at this point. We
0: comedycentral dot com if oh, great. you um have like certain logins.
1: Okay. We bought it on iTunes, which is how we watched it, but awesome. All right, everyone, that wraps up the episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break up Pod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can continue to submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our adorable merchandise. Mm-hmm.
1: I wore my uh, Just Break Up shirt out to the bar the other day. Yeah, and
0: he looked like a babe.
1: Well, I mean, I always do, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Actually, it's so cute. Um, it's like a really like vintage y style. It looks like a thank you bag. Yeah. It's and everybody cute. looks cute and trendy in them. So Absolutely. you guys should check that out at justbreakuppod.com.
1: Uh, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five star rating and review. Also, if you want to support us, you can. Uh, Support us on our Patreon. If you give us $5 a month, you get an additional weekly episode. So $5 a month, and you get an additional episode every single week and
0: this and that will if you haven't had your letter answered this raises your chances of getting your letter answered if you give us five bucks a month yep. um you get to submit letters it's a smaller pool um and also you get access to all of the past episodes yeah which is so, awesome. like if anybody has binged through our episodes in the last like two weeks and you're like i can't handle this once a week shit <laughs> we have back episodes Dating back to, like, December. So yeah, definitely check that out on patreon.com backslash just breakup Pod.
1: All of this helps us keep the lights on, and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. And remember... We joke about it all the time, but we are all on a journey. And on this journey, we're allowed to trip and fall and land the ground for a while. You're allowed to make mistakes. You are not less of a person because you make mistakes. You are not a less of a person because you move on or because you say no, because you put a boundary up or because you decide to forgive someone. Strength does not always look like a steel wall. Strength looks like getting up, moving on in whatever way you see fit and if all else fails,
1: just break up.